Hi there, I'm Matt Ashburn, host of the Needlestack podcast. Needlestack is brought to you by Authenticate, creators of the go-to online investigation platform, Silo for Research. If you're looking for a way to conduct research anonymously, protect against cyber threats, all while avoid tipping off your investigative targets, then you want to try Silo for Research. The Silo Research platform completely isolates your online web browsing, allowing you a choice of location and digital fingerprint, and also has built-in workflow and automation tools. The best part is that Silo for Research is software as a service, so it can be used from any computer or location without the need for things like virtual machines, standalone networks, or, or dirty networks. To learn more about Silo for Research, visit Authenticate.com. That's Authentic with the number 8.com. So if you're sort of impersonating uh, a CEO so or, or another individual within an organization, what can deep fakes do to persuade, influence, uh, and potentially gain access? Welcome to Needlestack, the podcast for professional online research. I'm Jeff Phillips, your host. And I'm Shannon Reagan, producer and co-host. And today we're discussing tech and world events that are shaking up OSINT researchers' lives. Yeah, and joining us for that discussion is Neil Spencer. He's the Director of Market Strategy and Partnerships at LifeRaft. Neil, welcome to the show. Hi, folks. Lovely to be here, and thank you very much indeed for having me. Now, super excited that you're joining us. Now, for our listeners uh, of the show, they may be familiar with the Life Raft name. A few weeks ago, we rebroadcast an episode from the Life Raft podcast. Uh, Talking Threat Intelligence is the name. Uh, they were kind enough to have uh, one of our product managers, actually our director of product management, Daniel Ben Sheetrit, on from our organization to talk about the impacts that ChatGPT is having in the security space. Um, kind of piggybacking on that, maybe let's look at it from another perspective, a little broader, um, Neil, you know, how are you seeing AI impacting the OSINT space overall? Yeah, great questions. Um, so, uh, I mean, AI and OSINT isn't a new concept. Uh, you know, AI has been used with OSINT uh for 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 years now so i mean i've i've been with life raft uh sort of for six years and, and even at our formative stage we, we had a level of ai in the platform um and you know it's really how the technology has evolved over the years so that's that that i think is key and quite frankly how it has become uh, so commercially available, you know, these large language models that used to be very bespoke, very specifically sort of intrinsically in-house built language models. Now, almost anybody can use. So it's, it's you know, really taking what is something that was very, very specialized and essentially the purview of, um, you know, either very large organizations or the likes of the defense and intelligence sectors and turn that into a tool that, that, that anybody can use. And that's the beauty of, of its translation into OSINT. The, the beauty of OSINT is anybody can get it. That, that's, that's the nature of OSINT. <laughs> but really, it's, it's, you know, taking that uh, and, and it's a 10x multiplier, if not 100x multiplier, for, for the information that, that can be uh, collected. And I, I can talk to you know, some of that a bit further. But yeah, it's it is a the, it is not a new concept, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It is uh, a concept that has 
evolved, grown, and now is becoming ubiquitous because of the way that the technology has has shifted and, and the likes of ChatGPT, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, there's been such hot focus on ChatGPT for the last several months, but generative AI has been around for a long time now. Um, are you seeing, or like, what is your perspective on maybe some of the more image generation or like, you know, almost deep fake style tools, um, mid journey or some of the video tools, um, and how that's impacting those set? Yeah, certainly. And, and you look at, um, you know, like some mid journey, you, you look at just how quickly people can create images, you know, if you type a few prompts, um, deep fakes are obviously something that, that is on the horizon, uh, not even the horizon, it is, is really becoming a, a real threat mm-hmm. uh, these days, sort of be it to create social engineering attacks uh, from a from a um, fraud perspective. So if you're sort of impersonating uh, a CEO, so or, or another individual within an organization, what can deep fakes do to persuade, influence, uh, and potentially gain access to systems or, or, or influence individuals to, to open up access that otherwise they wouldn't have if, if you didn't have somebody's face sitting there. And then you look at, um, you know, uh, the, the likes of images and, and uh, with the lens of brand protection, uh, et cetera, you know, creating uh, fake images with generative AI techniques, uh, you know, opens up a new realm of, uh, you know, maybe you start to put brands in negative situations that otherwise wouldn't have existed. It, it, it's something that is certainly uh, a challenge. Again, if you go back sort of in those timeframes two years ago and, and you look at sort of deep fakes and, and sort of things coming on the, the uh, on the horizon there. And now mm-hmm. fast forward is a very prominent challenge that's, 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 uh, that's facing security practitioners. Yeah, you didn't know, if, didn't take long. No, <laughs> no, 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 You know, but one thing on the good side, I think you mentioned there's that there's so much information, but then as compared to the the offensive side of, of AI from a cyber criminal, criminal yeah. perspective, the the side of using it for good in terms of summarizing and reporting and yeah. you mm-hmm. know sifting through all of that data, right? So it's yeah. got some of that benefit for the OSINT analysts. Yeah, huge. And I think sort of it would go back to that thought process of, you know, now it is, uh, you know, AI for the people, if you will, and, and AI for, for organizations like ours. Again, we've had AI in our platform, but the likes of OpenAI, these large language models, which are so now freely available, it, it is, again, I'll use that, that term, sort of 100x multiplier mm-hmm. as far as taking the ability to summarize and understand quickly and easily uh, a vast amount of content and, and turning that into arguably tangible takeaways. Now it's not a silver bullet. And, and, you know, I think people have to remember that when, when people say, oh, AI, it solves, you know, all of these problems. We are always conscious to, to preach, uh, in the life raft house that AI is no substitute for, for an analyst. A good mm-hmm. analyst will always provide the, so what, and the, the depth of context that AI just doesn't have. So right. AI is phenomenal at, as you say, sort of taking vast amounts of information, potentially connecting dots that otherwise an analyst may not have been able to see or may have just taken them longer to see. Um, but, but you know, AI is, is say, great for, for elevating that, but it's really the human analyst layer or a human in general, a, a subject matter expert that, that um, you know, can look at the content that AI has serviced and then add some so what to it. 
add some context. Mm -hmm. And to a certain extent, and AI can help with this as well, but the, the, the what's next. So, you know, when we look at our customer base and, and so uh, corporate security teams, it's, uh, you know, detect a threat. Here's what type of threat it is. Here's why it matters to you. It's for the human analyst to understand realistically based on these parameters that I'm seeing, where, where do I go next and where do I go next in the playbook? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when, um, you know, we were talking about the speed of evolution of these types of tools. And recently I've been thinking about, you know, the history of OSINT has always been adaptive, you know, adapting yeah. to like changing landscapes, you know, just the advent of the internet and search engines. Like, you know, there's this issue of trust and verification, like at every turn, this seems to be the next hill to climb and keeping up with this ever evolving landscape. Um, I was thinking of other things that are forcing adaptation or changes in practices um, is the upheaval in the social media space. Um, platforms are changing, access to platforms are changing. Um, what impacts are you seeing in changes within the social media sphere on OSINT? Yeah, absolutely. And a bit like uh, AI, although uh, in this instance, it's it's uh, potentially for the negative, depending which way you look at it, there are threats and opportunities on both sides. Um, but, but, you know, it, it is, again, the, the, the sort of landscape has started to shift, you know, over the years. But if you go back you know, five, six years ago, there were the constants, there were the Facebooks, now Metas of the world, uh, I mean, even beyond that. So, so, and you've got the Twitters of the world. Uh, then you move into the Instagrams of the world, slightly newer, you know, uh, platforms on the on the block. Fast forward, um, and especially kind of when you come into the world of, uh, let's let's cast minds back to the twenty twenty elections, the fragmentation of the OSINT space became. Prominent, even though a lot of these platforms like Macedon, etc., were, were were there and about sort of you know prior to that time, suddenly there was this massive shift and new uh, platforms coming seemingly online overnight. Uh, so the parlors of the world, you know, parlors mm -hmm. suddenly became the number one downloaded app uh, in the App Store and, and indeed in, in the Google Play Store. Um, Gab again go back that that existed for for you know 2012 um uh, the sort of pittsburgh single choosing um the manifesto mm -hmm. was posted there so you know again fast forward it's not a new player on the on the on the on the horizon but it starts to be brought to prominence due to those shifts in uh the political stage and, and so on and so forth so um that's kind of some history you fast forward and, and it continues to shift. So the most recent example of that, uh, well, Twitter's changes, change in management, et cetera. People start to want to explore other platforms. Uh, again, we saw the, the rise in, in the likes of, uh, in the likes of masses on there, people shifting to platforms like Gab. Parler now doesn't exist. The number mm -hmm. one app no longer exists. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a as a as as you know, OSIN practitioners, part of the struggle is understanding where the threat landscape is going to move to, uh, mm -hmm. and and how to to monitor that and, and how to keep on top of that. Um, and then fast forward again, so you know, okay, Meta, Zuckerberg and Co. Quite rightly, see an opportunity. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> no no slouches. Um, okay, what <laughs> what can we do for for an alternative to to Twitter? Well, let's create threads. Uh, and, and, you know, threads went from what 10 million registered users in the first week to, mm -hmm. uh, I think sort of 40 million plus in its, uh, maybe, maybe more than that 44 million, uh, at its, at its peak 
today there was an article that came out that, that they've lost 82% of that. So 82. even even with those large prominent players in the market, um, you know, people will will shift and people sort of go to and from Twitter and to and from threads. Mm-hmm. And it it whilst you know some of these main uh, some some of these main platforms in in the market will persist, you know. Threads. If you fast forward two years' time, does does Meta and Co decide to actually that's not a good platform to use? So does that disappear mm-hmm. like Parler did? Um, yeah. The the to, to summarize, the landscape is eternally shifting, uh, mm-hmm. and and as those practitioners, it is tricky to understand a you know what content is where, and especially where you look at decentralized platforms like Mastodon. If we come back to Mastodon, um, but also the value there. Like I haven't touched on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit is anybody who follows Reddit is going through its own shift at the moment. <laughs> They're trying to commercialize it, um, you know, and obviously some of the the, the APIs that were made available uh, have, have they've changed the format in which those are available, etc., uh, etc. Et so there there are challenges throughout, and that poses challenges for threat detection. Where to go mm-hmm. look at it, but then also for sort of from from the uh, from from the investigative piece, just. Okay, if there is a threat that's detected, how do you best understand what that threat is and where they are, or, or, or potentially where that threat is emerging from those platforms? I was just going to say, maybe uh, not the nature of change is anything new, but certainly the speed of, of it now feels a bit a, a bit dizzying. So Absolutely. good luck out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to bring that up, it, it, kind of expanding on that when we say threat detection, right? So that threat could be a lot of things like if I'm someone on the government side and looking at nation state type things, I, mean, I may live and breathe these social media platforms and keeping up with all those changes versus if I'm a cybersecurity or you mentioned like a brand fraud mm-hmm. type person, um, there's keeping up with all these fringe social networks. Are they valuable to me as well as other things change like uh, X uh, change where you can't log in without a profile. So yep. that gets really difficult too. What's valuable to me um, if that's not my core job, uh, I mean, I need to use it, let's say, in the cybersecurity world, but I, I'm not living and breathing necessarily looking for cyber threats there. Maybe I should be. And how do I know which ones and when? Maybe I look at tools to do that for me or mm-hmm. type, of, type of a scenario, right? Um, I can know the big ones, but all these fringe ones, are they, are they valuable? That seems to me really difficult for the cybersecurity mm-hmm. analysts. Absolutely, and without um, hammering on the the, the life raft uh, drum too too hard, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know that that is essentially why we exist as a platform. You know, our, our goal, our mission is zero missed threats. So, is really our day to day job to make sure that we have a good understanding of what these landscapes are. Right where they're shifting, how essentially we can collect data from them. Uh, are there publicly available APIs? Do we have to look at, at other options? Uh, and, and then surface that up in a, in a platform that the users can understand. I mean, I am always I am always conscious to point out, again, to come back sort of full circle, OSINT. If you're an OSINT researcher, if you're a really good OSINT researcher, you know how to access a lot of these platforms. Can you yeah. do it at scale? That's where the challenge comes in. Uh, and and if you're not essentially, you know, we, we spoke to, um, to 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 corporate security sector, corporations will vary in their level of of uh, OSINT analysts and, and analysts at large that they they have on their team on their security team. Does everybody going to have a a minute understanding of every single social media platform? 
or indeed let's let's broaden that outside of social media let's go to deep web platforms let's go to dark web platforms mm. how do you make sense of that vast landscape how do you collect data and and i think to your point jeff you know how do you make sure that when you do if we go for the name of the, uh, of the podcast when there is that needle in the haystack out there how do you find that needle in the haystack and i think you know where, where uh, you folks at authenticate come in how do you then potentially you know our platform is so often it is a detection and validation tool very important part of the workflow mm -hmm. sometimes you need to jump out of our platform and into the native platform to really dig into something and and yeah that's why we have partnership with you guys where it gives you that next step of okay we can still do this in a safe environment if we need to step out of navigator in our instance and go and explore in the native uh platform mm -hmm. the threat what it means a little bit more about the context uh, and, mm -hmm. and you know things like uh the silo browser right that's that's where that really comes to to the fore yeah i think you know the nature of you know the ai discussion generative ai in osint is just so much on time saving of like if i am going to sit down and actually do my human backed research like where do i begin like how do i maximize you know my efforts um to the best of my abilities and what tools do i use to do that um yeah absolutely I was thinking too, um, you know, with AI and social media and bad actors um, that, you know, it just seems like such a ripe time for misinformation, which I feel like maybe we've just been saying that endlessly, like for the last <laughs> six years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it feels like now it might be really bad. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's a land war in Asia <laughs> or in Europe, I guess. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this perfect storm, um, I guess, how is the, maybe like, let's just focus on the war itself. Like how is this disrupting OSINT or I, you know, I feel like it's being felt in all corners of the world. It's certainly being felt um, in the OSINT sphere as well. And I think, um, and I, I wish I could attribute uh, an individual to this quote, but, but um, you know, I, I've heard the phrase where, you know, the, the Ukraine-Russia conflict is the conflict of OSIN. Right? It's the dawn of OSIN as far as, sure, if you, if you go back to recent conflicts, et cetera, they're, they're, you know, you, you had, if we look at um, Iraq, Syria, uh, Islamic mm -hmm. State, so, so forth, Telegram was their platform of choice for, for posting our content, but it was their content. So they were controlling the narrative. Uh, you know, really, information from the ground was still relatively limited. You fast forwards, and you know, you look at Ukraine, Russia. All of a sudden, Telegram being a relatively niche platform, and, and you two both know it well for being a, a treasure trove of yeah. you know, cyber criminality and, and so on and so forth. From there, um, now something like. Telegram is is the platform of choice for government communications, for for you know getting some ground truth on sometimes ground truth, but depending on who's posting, right. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> it is uh, and, and this is where it comes back to sort of you know good OSINT acumen of okay we know that there is a good valuable source of information here, and in this instance it's Telegram, but we have to understand that there are both good actors and bad actors out there. Mm -hmm. there. There are those that are journalists that are going to be truly giving you on the ground information, you know, from bomb strikes to troop movements, especially in those early days. There was some incredibly valuable information in, in, uh, in Telegram in comparison to the likes of Twitter. Twitter was still quite newsy 
in <laughs> in the, the the sort of opening days of the um, of the Russia Ukraine conflicts, uh, and then sort of fast forward. Well, I say fast forward. So uh, yeah, Twitter was quite newsy. Telegram was giving you that very very good granular insights to what was going on the grounds. Um, yeah, and, and then, you know, again, you fast forward and, and, and just the sheer volume of content. And if I come back to my early statement that it is, it is you know, the, the, the conflict of OSIN, it is the dawn of OSIN, anybody can go on, again, Reddit, Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, to a lesser extent, things like Facebook. But, but it, it's all there for people to see if you want to spend enough time and effort going, going into those places. You can... <laughs> huge amounts uh and you know I, and i think that's that again is indicative of just the sheer amount of data that's out there the the the, the ukraine russia conflict sort of is a, is a, is a magnifying glass for, for that mm-hmm. particular what, what i was going to say was expanding expanding out a little bit again to more like geopolitical so again there we have lots of listeners that um are into the nation state side but if i yep. go back into cybersecurity, there's these geopolitical events are impacting me, even if I'm in a sock now, yep. um, uh, due to the types of warfare that that are going on, right? So it's a, it's something more. Now, now I have to pay attention to geopolitical events as yeah. as a sock analyst. <laughs> in addition to the shifting, you know, landscape of of social media platforms, you know, what happened to just let me monitor my firewall logs, right? So there's just <laughs> what a, what tons and tons. Like I have to care about geopolitical events because of what what they might be doing with with uh, malware and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and, and yeah, yeah, I think two two points on that, Jeff. That so one is is you know in in the corporate space we're, we're absolutely starting to see sort of this fusion of physical and cyber because the two are hard to separate. So I can I can think of a few uh, of our customers that have those fusion centers. You know, historically there was uh, a firewall between the two, to uh, but but now you know it's they they can't. Um, let's say there are a number of our users that, that have evolved to have these fusion centers with the two uh, expertise combined, um, because and and you know let, let's look at some examples. So Ukraine, Russia, so two adversarial states. Uh, well, I mean, Viasat, the Viasat hack was probably a, a prime example of that. So Viasat, US-based entity. Mm-hmm strong footprint commercially in the ukraine supply a lot of you know uh, satcom platforms but mm. you know not only were they used on a civilian scale but also uh, at a military scale so the the russians understandably took it upon themselves to hack that system that then had an impact on the broader vsat business but it was an output of Ukraine, uh, Russia conflict and, and the, the tactics that those two adversarial states were using uh, to, uh, well, in that instance, Russia against Ukraine, but it was a, it was a tactical choice that they that they made that then had a knock on effect on on the broader uh, Viasat system, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the collateral damage uh, in global conflict. Um, when you were saying about um, just you know the the volume of OSINT um, and open source information coming out of the war and largely posted to social media channels um, that anybody can get in. Um, I think they brought this up on the uh, Talking Threat Intelligence podcast about the lens through which the Wagner mutiny was seen by many people. I think who are starting to have AI in the back of their head at all times. It's like, is this real? This seems crazy. One. Uh, yep. And then is this is this real? 
um, that there is just so much more doubt sewn into things. Um, but doubt and verification are very good for, you know, the OSINT field. Um, you know, do you see as a strange silver lining of this, you know, uh, an amplification of the OSINT field or more people getting involved uh, in that type of work? Yes, I think it's, and, and, you know, when we look at the prominence of it, it piques the interest. I think yes, uh, to answer your question, and for a couple of reasons, like say, n now people, it is at their fingertips, they can they can go and explore it a bit more easily. Um, you've, you've still got the stalwarts, and, and I always try and call out, you know, the likes of Bellingcat um, on these sorts of things, because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, 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 yeah they, they are you know, foundational, I believe, in sort of public awareness of, uh, of OSIN, and obviously just the work they do is phenomenal. Um, and then, uh, you know, so so yes, you, you've got now, especially with, with the likes of generative AI, you've got some tools around you that, that you can start to um, essentially make understanding and, and easier access to uh, some of the, the data sources and, and start to, yeah, sort of really summarize. But if we look at what's going on on Twitter, the sort of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, sort of constraints that the Twitter started to put on some of their um, some of some of their uh, feeds. What's going on TweetDeck? You know, TweetDeck now is no longer a free tool, and that used mm -hmm. to be sort of the the you know the go-to option for for again OSINT uh, researchers, especially if you're looking at more of a situational awareness type use case. You know, build TweetDeck, build your feeds. That that's starting to be clamped down upon. So um, whilst it's it's whilst i think you know these geopolitical insights and and you know some of the, the trends that we're seeing um will make people far more interested in OSINT. i think there are still a lot more barriers to to potentially access that information than arguably ever there ever there was as much as we've sat here and sort of said hey ai is going to make this a lot easier for everybody getting access to some of that information in the first instance yeah actually is 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 going to continue to be very difficult yeah, other doors are closing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as we begin to wrap up, Neil, um, what what are some parting thoughts that you might have for our audience on on how they how they face and keep up with and deal with that evolving landscape? Yeah, absolutely. And I so I think, um, and so we we touched on it briefly, and we come back into. You know, good at OSINT best practices. So, you know, how do you how do you detect and then then fundamentally validate? So, if you're looking at, you know, we, we touched on sort of misinformation campaigns, mm -hmm. disinformation campaigns. So, um, you know, it, it is if you are seeing a threat, if you're looking at a piece of intelligence, how do you start to validate that that piece? So, so how do you start to go to potentially secondary sources to make sure, okay, this is a message that we're starting to see if it's an image if it's a post uh and and i'm concerned about it what do you do then to, to back it up what what is that second layer of validation do you then to, to our discussion earlier go back out to the platform and, and sort of go from there do you start to look for secondary sources that might be corroborating what that initial statement is or that initial threat what other secondary research can you do to, to go and validate so i think you know if we're looking at um some of the the, the summaries uh, that we've been talking about the, the, the landscape is shifting phenomenally. It's shifting fast. Mm -hmm. AI is there to help, but it is not a silver bullet. But ultimately, you know, OSINT best practices will help you overcome a lot of things. Do the research, make sure that you have the right 
headspace uh, and and use the tools to to the best of you know to to, to really amplify your efforts. The the tools are there to make your life easier, uh, and and yeah, let's that that that's what they're there for. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, this especially as we try to talk about on show, leaning on your OSINT best practices is more important than ever and, and leveraging all the tools out there. Um, Neil, thanks for joining us today. Um, this is a super interesting conversation. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for our audience, if you liked what you heard, you can view transcripts and other episode info on our website, authenticate.com slash needlesack. That's authentic with the number eight.com slash needlestack. And be sure to let us know your thoughts on Twitter at needlestackpod and to like and subscribe wherever you're listening today. We'll see you next time with more on the latest in OSINT. Stay tuned. Bye.